0: good morning everyone this is vibrant vernacular i am passionate it's your one. hey y'all It's Evelyn. good morning good morning <laughs> so we're gonna continue on with part two um of our political discussion but as we always start our podcast let's kind of bring it forth with how our week went and just give some gratitude
1: okay i could definitely start that off um definitely i love I had a long week, a very, very long week, but I definitely um, feel like I've poured out, you know, like I've done the most I could possibly do in a week and I'm exhausted. So I'm just grateful for opportunities, people, um, just things opening up, even when it's clearly something I'm not supposed to be doing. It's almost like I'm so thankful that something, some things don't work out like because they're not supposed to so a part of me well every bit of me just feels like I'm right on on track so I'm just thankful for everything
2: yeah so I would agree it was a pretty busy week just at work so um that kind of left me mentally exhausted had some issues at home um but I'm thankful because I got to end the week um with a good conversation from my therapist that had me look at some things from a different perspective. And um, we're just going into like harvest season now. We're ending the year with the last two months. So kind of yesterday, like they were saying, not that like I'm a witch or anything, but <laughs> I'm just with the <laughs> blue full moon, they were saying you're entering kind of into a new season. Time so to like let stuff go, manifest mm-hmm. new things. So actually last night, that's what I did. I like sat here, wrote down manifestations, and I'm like, I want to kind of see or point me in the right direction towards the end of the year to either be a catalyst for the new year. So I don't know. I'm thankful for that little time that I dedicated to myself.
1: Amen. Y'all need that.
0: Yeah, I would have to. I love that. Um, My week was, it was a week. It just felt really long um, for some reason. It just felt like a very long week. I can't say it felt like a not to put a bad or good, you know, spin on things, but it just felt like a long week and like a lot of stuff information wise came out, you know, just stuff that's happening. My husband's about to leave on Tuesday and more than likely he's going to be gone for at least four to five months, you know, um, the normal spill. So you're getting prepared for that. Also with the blue moon, I did the same thing as Lay, So it was one of those where I I didn't write down things and I need to get more um, in tune with writing things down versus just speaking them out loud. Um, But I did take some time to lay in the bed and I even had a conversation with my sister about it, um, just telling her what to do, you know, for the blue moon to get prepared. So we (laughs) had a conversation about that and, you know, I set my intentions. I'm thankful um, for just information um the book that Shawan gave the law of divine compensation was very very good i finished it this week so i was pretty happy about that As um, in late, i learning... promise you
1: getting your book i swear i'm just a little dysfunctional over here no, but yeah. i'm gonna yeah, bless fine, you whole also right. with like a care package i'm sorry for cutting you off passions but
0: yeah, it's but um just learning uh, more about myself, being more introspective. And I agree with you, Azaleh. I think this blue moon has kind of sparked a lot of that within me, even though it was already there, but just more information and new information that's coming out. um, Just, just, I don't know, just more, I'm already an introvert already and I already like take things personally and try to Mm -hmm. sit back and kind of dissect situations. But this is really, like costing me to be, to learn to be more silent. And I think yeah. that's where I'm heading into the new year, just to be more silent and more observant. And I'm very uh, caught on how things happen versus allowing things to happen. So in my mind, I know the best way that things should go in my mind for me. So I'm trying to learn to trust the universe and that what I'm asking for is coming. It may not just be the way that I want it to come. So. Uh-huh. Amen. Which is tough. Yes. But Okay, so let's get it started, you guys. Let's start getting into our conversation for this week. I know um, last week, Ms. Shawan, you were saying how we were going to just break down the parties and how they were formed, and I'm just going to read a little bit of what I read on Google about the formation of the Republican Party, and then um, I'm also going to um, just allow Azalea to kind of Give a brief description of how um, the Democratic Party formed, and then we'll have a, a little bit of a discussion in reference to it. So, what I read on Google, it was saying that in Ripon, Wisconsin, former members of the Whig Party meet to establish a new party to oppose the spread of slavery into the Western territories. The Whig Party, which was formed in 1834 to oppose the tyranny of President Andrew Jackson had shown itself incapable of coping with the national crisis over slavery. With the successful introduction of the Kansas-Nebraska Bill of 1854, an act that dissolved terms of the Missouri Compromise and allowed slave or free status to be decided in the territories by popular sovereignty, the Whigs disintegrated. By February of 1854, anti-slavery Whigs had begun meeting in the upper Midwestern states to discuss the formation of a new party. One such meeting in Wisconsin on March 20th, 1854, is generally remembered as the founding meeting of the Republican Party. Um, The Republicans rapidly gained supporters in the North and in 1856, their first presidential candidate, John C. Fremont, won 11 of the 16 Northern states. By 1860s, the majority of the Southern slave states were publicly threatening uh, succession Were publicly threatening secession if the Republicans won the presidency. In November 1860, Republican—I say again—Republican <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was elected president over a divided Democratic Party. And six weeks later, South Carolina formally succeeded from the Union. Within six more weeks, five other Southern states had followed South Carolina's lead. And in, in April 1861, the Civil War began when Confederate shore batteries under General PGT Beauregard opened fire on Fort Sumter in South Carolina's Charleston Harbor. Okay. Um, the Civil War firmly identified the Republican Party as the party of the victorious North. And after the war, the Republican dominated Congress Forced a radical reconstruction policy on the South, which saw the passage of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments of the Constitution and the granting of equal rights to all Southern citizens. I'll just give that much. Okay. All right, Ms. Evelyn.
2: Throughout this discussion, uh, not a historian, so don't know much about history. Exactly. <laughs> So just kind of reading it and summarizing it. I'll read the first part as well that I found on Google, kind of just describing the Democratic Party. So it was actually described, I guess, as Southern Democrats. They're members of the United States Democratic Party, of course, who reside in the South. I guess that's how it started. So in the 19th century, Southern Democrats were people in the South who believed in the Jacksonian democracy in the 1850s, they defended slavery in the United States and promoted its expansion into the West against Northern free soil. The United States presidential election of 1860 formalized the split of the Democratic Party and brought about the American Civil War.
1: Um, and then- I can in- speak about the, the switch if you guys want me to talk about how the parties ended up switching, I can do that. Yeah, part.
2: definitely. About reconstruction, And I think after Reconstruction is when the split. So if you want to kind of jump in um, and talk about the split, that's cool.
1: Exactly. Because both of y'all talked about the 1860s. So sometime between the 1860s and the 19 and 1936, there the Democratic Party used to be a small, you know, they were, they were in favor of small government up until this time. I mean, it's, 1860 to 1936, you look at that, it didn't really happen overnight, but gradually, the Democratic Party felt that the government could do more to help a lot of the problems that people were facing. The Republican Party, on the other hand, decided that they wanna curb some of the federal power. Like there's no way the government can come down here on my land and enforce what I do, no matter how I choose to do it. So when the switch happened, It's it's like at the turn of the 20th century, um, there was a Democrat by the name of William Jennings Bryant, and he sort of blurred the party lines by emphasizing the government's role in ensuring social justice through the empowerment, excuse me, through the expansion of federal power. Traditionally, that's what the Republicans stood for. But when you have somebody who, was not a republican who's saying wait the government should do this you know some of these problems people are facing could be kind of alleviated if the government did a little bit more so the republicans were like nah you know we don't stand for that if we want to have our x y and z you know nobody should tell me that i can't have my property my this and my that so i think it just after that election everything kind of just people, once again, I guess they became a little more woke, you know, in a sense at some point. Um, I use that term very loosely, but just the switch happened. And then, so they
0: just wanted less government, pretty much, is yes. what you're saying. They wanted yes. more control over their, okay, let me just wrap that around in my brain. Yes. So they wanted more control and less government versus the Democrats wanting more government yes, and less control? Is that, Not necessarily um, less
1: control, but just no have order. the government doing more. Yes, doing more to oh,
2: okay to help. Okay, okay. So, there, yeah. what? Like to take it a little bit further. I know everybody thinks 1960 mm-hmm. and all that was so long ago, but like with the civil rights and the voting passage, it's saying that President Johnson and that received heavy opposition, even from him as a a Democrat. And I think that further caused them, um, it further caused them to lead more towards the Republican Party after those acts were passed.
1: Yes. So, yeah, Mm. just people really started thinking, like, where do I stand on this? Or who, you know, which side do I really fall on? That's, to me,
0: that's interesting. Very much so. I agree. I think, I mean, to me, what was so, of course, um Interesting about the whole thing is that the Republicans were so anti-slavery based upon what it's saying as far as what we read about the history. Mm-hmm. But people see Republican Party nowadays as so racist. so it's kind of yes, interesting, you know, I would say I don't I, I don't and quite understand it, you know, when it comes down to it. I feel like the lines are blurred no matter what yeah on either side of the fence. I think they're very I, you know, oh,
1: I was just gonna say to do your own research on all of this stuff. And and it it, it can be as simple as Googling things. Google will lead you down mm-hmm. other paths to find books or articles and stuff like that. But um definitely doing your own research is what matters.
2: I think viewing them as racist is because um just reading that little bit right there where it talked about it seems like they're designed or always portrayed as a racist party because once legislation and things are passed to make everyone equal, that's when they tend to jump ship and support the Republican Party. Like once you start talking about
0: Mm. women's
2: rights, human rights, civil rights, you know, I don't want to say whites are in uproar, but because there's Black Republicans, but people tend to get in uproar which is odd when you're talking about everyone having an even playing field. And just from reading that with them being Democrats that passed that legislation and not really wanting to do it. So I guess kind of like a hand me out, um, you had to do it. Then that caused them to shift and say, no, you know, we're going to rock with the Republican party because we don't necessarily agree with it. I think um, desegregation was another issue that caused them to jump ship because again, they were passing civil rights acts and that's not necessarily what they wanted to happen so i think they're viewed as racist because they never really enforced they never really supported equal rights for everybody at least come the 60s if i'm reading it correctly
0: so you're saying they as in the republicans or they they as is in, the, in the republicans because okay.
2: it kind of, again, just from reading that with them passing the civil rights and the voting rights, it seemed like that caused another division that Southern Democrats were like, nah, we're not for this. They ended up supporting and more got more focused on the Republican Party. I think people I switched know. and made it their own, to be honest. I think they were yeah. in the beginning, okay. like we kind of stated, the Republicans were kind of for the people, the Democrats were for the government as just like with anything as time goes as policy change as people want different you know put in different requests of what they want to see happen in society i think that's when people start to speak out and like "Mm, we don't really rock with that we do rock with that kind of like now where we are now um to be honest Mm. i don't really think it back then it might have been about party i think now we're just kind of past that it to me is moral and immoral um it's not necessarily mm. Republican or Democrat, okay. but I think people started jumping ship and making it their own, kind of like, well, you want to do that, I don't want to do it. You want to do that, I don't want to do it. So I don't know, that's my perspective. I don't care about no party.
0: And everything became I agree. personal, it became so much personal. I agree. I think that's why we have liberal and conservative because of exactly what you said. Like some people may be more liberal, some people may be more conservative, even though they're still part of the same party. So that that kind of puts into a different perspective. So that was a little bit more clarity on. And I think the problem is people don't understand that you can have views on, in, vote, in favor of both parties. And I think that's the issue I have with how people vote. Like, I feel like people vote um, kind of like what we were talking about last time, generational-wise. So, if your grandma voted this way, then you're going to vote this way. Uh Versus you really taking a look at the party's formation, where the candidates lie on certain topics, and how you feel about those things. You know what I'm saying? Versus you doing it because it's been a generational thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And nobody
0: does research anymore. Like, at all. Like, you, hey... This is what my, my mom told me to do. This is what my dad my dad told me to do. I don't really have to look at it or do research on my own. Because they said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean... So my, how do you... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I
1: was just going to say um, my my advice is always going to be do your own research. Like you have to look it up for yourself. Don't believe something because somebody told you to. Or, or this is what i heard like that's not enough to go on for me
0: so and i know we were talking about trump uh last week a little bit just a little bit um so how do you feel about his comments and as far as when it when it came down to you voting and how you voted how do you feel about his comments about like i'm the least racist <laughs> in the room or uh, i forgot what he, what did he say to the um what the good boy stand stand, back. What what stand,
1: back, stand back. yeah
0: when he was asked to renounce racist or something like that. So how do you feel about those comments?
2: I feel like he's the real HNSD (laughs) because it's just, I don't know, it's out of control. Those are blatant racist statements. Um, And I think that's what he's operating on. His whole platform is to instill fear. And the fear is that like what we know, minorities are going to, um, what do you call it, Um outnumber uh, white America. And it's not, and I don't understand why that's so scary. Minorities bring a lot to the table. They built this country. So if anything, I would want those people to run it and lead it. They seem like they know what they're doing. Um, But it's just that fear that he's instilling that you're going to lose total control. And not to be funny, white people aren't used to not having control they're not used to not having the upper hand and what better way to run a platform um you know with your with the with the majority of your followers that's what they're you know pushing for they want to keep what they consider this country you know a national country you know red white and blue they don't want to see change they don't want to see culture so i think that's just him that's not going to change whether he president or not he's been saying how he feel we weren't able to get him impeached. So, I mean, I think, again, he's just living up to the true person that he is. And you got to respect that. And to be honest, mm-hmm. not that I've enjoyed it, but, I mean, he's being real. And it's allowing you to really see people for who they are. Nobody now has to kind of, like, hide yeah. and know, you know, oh, or be wishy-washy. No, these people coming out, they're telling you how you feel. And I'd rather know that than to not know that. So, that's just my yes, still on
1: yes. the yes. earth, amen. Yeah, thank you. Now, she just said this for years, and I told my children this. She said, if you look at any other species of animal or anything, it's like they know who their natural enemy is. Like she's like, we it's like the lines are blurred sometimes, like you don't know who, who's for you or against you, or you don't recognize mm-hmm. that most of the time. Is that what you were gonna but say? But you
0: know what, you know how we. Yeah, it, it, you know it's funny. You know how we always say there's a lesson in the mm-hmm. uh-huh. in everything? Uh-huh. You know, although this time has been hell. It has really been. You know, it's been hell. Like I I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like it's just been the most glorious of situations, but that's the the silver lining in the cloud. Like you know who people are. Like they're they're proud, like the proud boys to be who they are. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what's wrong with that? I love being a black woman. I love it. It's like the a badge of honor to me. You know what I'm saying? And who am I to judge if you feel that way about yourself? I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. My problem comes in that when you try to suppress uh-huh. me because you're proud. I can be proud of who I am and not care that you're proud of who you are. Yeah. As long as you don't try to impose upon me that you're superior. That's the difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm walking down the street and this person that I thought that I worked with was cool with me, and she's saying all of this stuff, you know, Trump rhetoric, I am so happy that you feel that way. So now I'm going to handle you accordingly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I don't have to be this this person to you because I don't know who you are. Uh-huh. I can be how I can handle you the way I want to handle you because too. I know exactly who you me are. Too. Yeah, yeah exactly to protect my peace I, and to protect my family it's you know it's necessary and i was just thinking when you
1: guys are um, one of our questions for today was um are they racist or is he racist i forget what but the word racist was, was what we were talking about and um do you guys know who jared kushner is
0: is he the proud boys person well
1: he's um donald trump's uh son-in-law he's married to his daughter and he's also the Mm. uh one of the advisors to the president and he said that some of mr trump's policies can help black people break out of the problems that they're complaining about he said but he meaning trump can't he can't want them them meaning black people to be successful more than they want to be successful
2: i saw that he he, um, i saw that
1: so Yes, it's okay. just like um, that, I guess that, that I won't say I guess, that did rub me the wrong way. It's like you're implying, if you're the advisor to the president, what the hell are you advising him on? What the hell are you saying to him to, to make comments like this? It's almost like we. I can't want it. I, as a social worker, I say this all the time. I can't want it more than my client wants it. But it's like, damn, these are people who are admitting that they, as a client, they're telling me these are the things I want to work on. You, as an advisor to the president, should not assume automatically that a whole race of people don't want success when there are several barriers to them obtaining that success. Like, I think stuff like that. How can you say that's not racist? How can you? What would you say to that? How would you dress this up or make this better? Make me think a different way when you're talking like this.
0: I don't know. I just, what I struggle with is our mm-hmm. image as a as a people. Like, I just struggle with that because <clears throat> it, I I feel like we perpetuate that image in certain aspects of things. Like, if we came together as a culture, as a community, and we cared about how we're being seen by other people, not saying care about it in a sense, I, I don't know how to say it to make it make sense. So, not saying care about it as if we don't, but there are certain things that we allow imagery wise of ourselves, that if we stood together, we we wouldn't have to, we would be able to combat it ourselves within our, our community versus feeling like we're reaching to them. Like for him to even say that has to give off the sense that we are asking them for help to get out of our situation versus us taking control of our own destiny. Okay. That's the best way I could say it. So it's kind of like we're not minorities. So contrary to what everybody's saying, if you really look at the 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 statistics, we are the majority. But because we allow the rhetoric of us being minorities to 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 play out in the air and out in the universe, we're never going to see ourselves as a majority because we're allowing the people that oppress us To tell us we're minorities. So if I want control, I'm going to tell you that you're a minority because I don't want you to have power. And then every why would I want to give you
1: power? I like I hear what you're saying, and for me, it's like it kind of sounds so easy. Every time somebody says you're you're this, you say no, I'm not. I'm that. Like I'm I'm better than what you're saying. Like we all have our own voice to say that, but then collectively it gets drowned out um so sometimes because we're not a collective but i'm saying collectively in terms yeah on a personal level i guess i get sometimes when i hear the way that you put it it's like we this we that we that i always feel each person does their part as much as they possibly can that's the way we will see a solution um i don't know it's disheartening
0: sometimes but But that's how I'm saying it. I'm saying it, we as the collective. Mm -hmm. We, meaning you, me, Azalec, my kids, your kids, our grandmamas, other kids and their kids. We are black people. We are the melanated people of the earth. We are the collective. If we as the collective would unite, a lot of stuff could change, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying it in the sense of, individuality you 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 i'm saying we as the people is what i'm saying and no it's not going to be an easy feat because if it was an easy feat we would be united right at this point we will be on one accord with one agenda you know what i'm saying making moves in that direction do i feel as though we're doing that yes we are like i look at my household all the time and i'm like i'm doing things differently I'm working to make my children the best versions of themselves that they can be. My mom did the same. I can't say her mom did the same because she wasn't there, but we're starting with where we can start okay. from. Okay. I can't change the whole world. I can only change my environment in order to hopefully help to shift. I
2: think it all goes yeah. back to having um yeah. an appropriate seat at the table, the right representation at the table of us. Cause kind of how you're saying people's images of us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they tend to use the, you know, crazy <laughs> people on the street to stop, to talk about what they saw on the news. Uh, they tend yep. to use the most um, <laughs> animated um, artist at the time, whether it's an actor, actress, uh, celebrity. Um, they tend to use, you know, again, in Africa they want you to send money so they're showing you the poor parts that um you know people need assistance not that they don't but all of Africa isn't like that and parts in Africa that are like that there's also parts in Asia there's also parts in Europe um where kids are homeless yeah exactly
0: and the United States are homeless and you know
2: out of puddles so it's again, just trying to get a seat at the table, but also having a correct representation of us at the table. Someone that can honestly speak educated and is educated um, on facts that affect all of us. And I mm-hmm. mean, it's to me, it's big on, It's it seems like it's all about who you know and just kind of crazy things I've been reading. The Republican party, it's all about who they know from the justice they just swore um, sworn in to kind of like their little click Mm -hmm. that everyone knows everyone's business I think reading and I don't know the accuracy of this so again like Shawan said you have to research it but just something for face value I read I think it's Mitch McConnell um the his niece Mm -hmm. is married to the attorney general that was assigned to the um, Breonna Taylor case the black guy I don't know I forgot his name I try to forget it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Daniel. Um, so it just yeah. seems like it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's packed and their seat is full because it benefits them. They have a lot of, I'm sure, secrets <laughs> that they need to keep, um, you know, within themselves. And that's kind of scary. Um,
0: so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I love how you put that because it, honestly, that's what it is. Like you said, as LA, having that seat at the table, how important is that? Do we control the image of ourselves that we see on TV? We can
1: We have to start. And, you know, I... we Man. don't Though
0: That's the thing. We don't. We don't control that image. Like, I know Girl. y'all seen the interview with Lil Wayne floating <laughs> exactly. around. Why would they pick him? Of all people to represent Black people, why would they pick Kanye at his worst? Why would they pick the people that they're picking? You know what I'm saying? Y'all know my major. That's what man. I was about to say before you started. Talking. So I understand. I said we can
1: control. I was going to yeah. say that we can control what is um seen or heard based on, I was going to say calm, like communication wise, you know, for the fact that if, if you're the yeah. DJ or the, you know, producer or whatever engineer at the station, you know, or if you have a stake in you know, what is being broadcasted, I think we can have more control over that. And that's one reason why, you know, me being a social worker, I am moving more into the policy side of things, seeing how the steps, you know, that things take. Like one of my assignments that's due today is to create a policy brief. It's almost like having an elevator pitch for if, if I meet with a legislator, I have to know what I'm talking about. And I only have a few seconds or minutes to say what I need to say. So my issue, my social Mm -hmm. issue that I want to address is homelessness where I live, you know, right now, because that's near and dear to my heart. And it's just, if you had a short amount of time, you want to state your facts and tell the person what they can do to help you, you know, but there's a process that you have to take. And if you're rude or forceful at any stage in this process, nobody's going to listen to you. So it is important to have the right person to <laughs> represent if it's, and, and this is something that I think I said last time, or maybe I've said it in personal conversations, even if let's say I want to be the person to represent the people who I think need help the most. I feel I, that stepping up, putting myself out there, it's almost like I got to be drilled through the mud. My kids got to be, you know what I'm saying? Like my whole life got to be put on display. Any mistakes i made will be highlighted. And it's highly discouraging, you know what I'm saying, to move forward sometimes Mm -hmm. because it almost seems like the very people that Ice Cube or Lil Wayne or even Kanye in his mind are trying to help, they are the same people who will crucify, judge, sling you through all kinds of mud. And all I'm trying to do is help your black ass. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry to feel this <laughs> way, but it's like, damn, what do y'all want from a, a flip You know, like, what y'all really want from somebody? Like, you want me to give y'all a little bit of my blood to show I'm real or I got your back? It's like, damn, what is the criteria for helping my people? Like, you, you just talked about being organized. Yeah. I don't know no more. Like, I want to do so much, but the fear is paralyzing me from making a move because I feel like the very people I set out to help will be the very ones to pull me down to the point where I have nothing left to offer.
0: Absolutely. I think we all suffer from that. And like, even in the, the smallest, well, this may not be a, a small example, but like with Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin and all of the beatings that we've seen, everything in me is like i want to fight i want to fight i want to protect i want to do but then i look at it and and this is going to sound crazy but it's the truth i also look at it like i don't want to die yeah
1: and you're gonna be the number one target because you're standing up for your people
0: i have a fear
1: my son said look at history look at the people in history who have tried to make a difference they were assassinated
0: but who do they, they use yeah. us though. A lot of times they use us yeah. to take us down. And that's, the, and for us to not be on one that's accord to allow something to infiltrate us and not protect ourselves. And one thing that I'm telling y'all, my, one of my major struggles is, as our people, it's I struggle with not necessarily talking bad, but speaking yes. the truth about certain aspects of yeah. stuff we do because I feel like we get taken down mm-hmm. so much by so many other people that I should not. But then I also feel like even with the little Wayne stuff, I want to <laughs> slap him. I I literally want to slap him in his face and mm-hmm. wake him up. But then I'm like, oh, why are you talking bad about another black mm-hmm. person? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for speaking his truth. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's mm-hmm. a struggle for me. Because I'm sitting here, like, this dude needs mm. to be yoked. Like, somebody oh, needs sober. to choke him. You know what I'm saying? And shake uh-huh. him. And wake him up. <laughs> you don't condemn him. Yeah. The Take the drugs away from him. Like, you know. But then I'm just sitting here, like, okay. Lil Wayne is talented. Like, so now I have to go through, okay. He's talented. He has children. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm sitting here having a conversation. To nah, still slap him. Just- I like his music. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Undo all of the negativity that I just, you know, but that's the thing with us. It's like, I want to be a united front. I do. And I, I, and I have to appreciate and respect the differences that yeah. we have within us because we're not going to all be in the same stream, which makes us even more awesome. You know what I'm saying? As a people, as a culture. But then it's sometimes I'm looking at that live wire like, yo, man, like, do you I, understand what you're doing? You know, I but agree, you have but I think regardless.
2: Lil Wayne, you know, he, we gonna say? and that it is his different perspective. But I'm just curious to know like how he got so far gone. And there's been a couple things where he's like um, mentioned. I think when he was shot, younger or whatnot, he was like, you know, it was a white cop that saved my life, and then exactly but
0: that's who got the call
2: he's like it was a white man <laughs> that's who got the call uh, and then this recent you know well, it was an old interview but it resurfaced of him talking you know about black lives matter he don't understand that i'm a rich black person and then his comments about race <laughs> and then his comments girl, like previously about uh-oh.
1: um you know his preference in women where he was just like my my daughter just came and whispered that in my yeah. ear while y'all were talking. She said that um he's colorist. He doesn't even yeah. like um dark skinned women, and I didn't know that. My yeah. daughter just
2: She's whispered correct. that in he my was ear. A, um, and so they had to speak so, out.
0: What is Reginald?
2: Um,
0: Told he was on a doing like a podcast. Him. It
2: was him and Fifty Cent. And that's what he was saying. In essence, he was just like, mm. he didn't understand, I guess. He likes exotic looking women. Like that that's what he feels is beautiful. He was like, sometimes I think black women, you know, are intimidated or it was something crazy where he was just in essence saying that he, that's not, that's not beautiful to him. He's into exotic looking people. And he was like, why do black women get upset about that? Or
1: like, why are they jealous of that?
0: You're like
1: a motherfucking rat, excuse me, and you gonna tell me about what I look like? Child, please, can yes. we get on the
0: food? For thought? I that could be week. a whole I other conversation. <laughs> okay, we can bleep that out. Look, <laughs> but Okay, I mean, it definitely is a whole, not- but but this is the thing. <laughs> and <laughs> somebody gave me a book called "The Law of Divine Compensation." So we either acting out of fear,
1: or we're acting
0: out of love. And that's why I said that's why it's a struggle just like you said, Azalea. That's why it's a struggle for me. Because as a black woman raising black boys, is that how I want them to think? Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. But if that's how they think, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Because that's based upon their but experience. What I'm- Am I to negate your experience? Am I to tell you that your experience no. is wrong? Am I to tell you that you're not thinking correctly? Like wh- think, what do you do? Yeah, you what, I what I will saying?
1: say, um, kind of having that come full circle, not with my child, but someone who a young um male who chose to date outside of his race. Um, the most you can do, and this is so unfortunate, but watch that thing come full circle and not say I told you so, but kind of in hindsight, be like, okay, son, these are the reasons why certain things, you know, it's better to choose a black woman versus another woman, so you won't have these problems in the future. You know, when it comes to specifics, it's almost like in hindsight, you're able to prove your point a little better. Because if you tell them, that this is the forbidden fruit or don't do this, that, that it's going to make them forge forward with that thing 10 times more. Pursuing somebody that my mama and my grandma said, don't mess with such and such. I want to know what it's all about, you know? So I feel sometimes in hindsight, it's like, you can make your point a lot better when the relationship dissolves for, for various reasons. But I don't know. I just, you know, plant the seed. That's all we can do and do it with love. Like, that's the bottom line, you know. So, y'all got some food for thought because this is very interesting.
0: <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Shawan's like, cut it, cut it, cut the conversation. <laughs> not. But yeah. My food for thought is,
1: you won't know until you educate yourself, no matter what it is. It could be something as broad and as complicated as politics or it could just be your own personal development um you won't know until you seek out more don't trust what's being fed to you on tv on social media um it's so funny i just heard somebody kind of argue with somebody yesterday and he's like you need to stay off instagram (laughs) It was like a grown man telling somebody you need to stay off instagram and it's like (laughs) stay off that social media for a little while and and just submerge yourself in the things that better you the things that you don't know anything about um it's time to learn like it's it's 2020 and there's no excuse for oh today is november 1st 2020 so i just think y'all we're wrapping up this year and next year is is what you make it you know there's no way to blame anything or anybody else um do you and do it more effectively that's what i have for today
2: um I think my food for thought is just be safe. Um sit down, read a book, and call it a day. Try to educate yourself on whatever you're interested in. The politics is draining, um, people are draining. So maybe read about planting. Um
0: mm-hmm.
2: or there's new vibrators out. So
1: <laughs> that might be helpful too. Okay. Hey.
0: Self-care. Oh self-care. I'm God. all about it. Hey. Oh, my God. Oh, I just say, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to follow that up. Why, why would you even go in front of me? Like, that Self-care care Sunday. Sense. Come on. Oh, God. I say, as usual, oh, my God. Don't, don't, a wise person once told me, don't accept things on face value. You know, even with our conversation, mm-hmm. like, towards the beginning, We're not even clear on these parties. Like, we're reading things based upon what we've done research-wise. And as Shawan said, you got to do your own research, you know? You got to think for yourself, and (coughs) we do as a people have to get on the same page. That doesn't mean we have to agree with every single thing that each other thinks, feels, or expresses. We can have disagreements. That's part of life. You're not going to all have the same Everything is awesome. Like the Lego movie. You're not going to be that way. That's just what makes us unique. What makes us beautiful is our differences. But we still need to get on the same page with something though. You know what I'm saying? We have to fight for something or we're going to always end up in the way that we feel right now that we're the minorities and that we lack certain amount of control and that, you know, everything is happening to us and not for us. So it's just, we all we just gotta get on the same page. We gotta not take things on face value and just love each other. I mean we just, we just have to. That's the way of a rule. Amen. People.
1: It's been real, definitely. Um you um, mentioned something about the minority. It's like it's all mental. I think when you look back at the part of history the parts of history that people don't talk about or don't highlight or broadcast. It's it makes sense, you know, when you think of it this way that a lot of people may not want these young black men to realize how great they were because they wouldn't accept some of the things that are happening in their lives if they knew their lineage where they came from and what they once were who they once were who their you know their ancestors were it's like i'm a king you know so don't treat me like a peasant you know and i think it's mentally people constantly think of themselves as the minority and that's definitely saddening so say every chance you get build up a a young child because that's where it starts you know mentally thinking that they're the minority it starts as a child so each one teach one and I think we'll be in a you know
2: what's Uh, funny but kind of corny I do so um my son his last name is brown So we listen to James Brown say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. So I like be hyping him up. And I'm like, I think like that's like your cousin from like back in the day. And like, we'll scream that song.
1: <laughs> I'll be doing crazy you. stuff like that. Like he <laughs> said, so Rihanna, his <laughs> auntie, I swear. like I swear. crazy
0: stuff be coming up with Please. It but works. what's wrong it with works. that, though? Why is that crazy? What is wrong with that? I don't yes. think anything wrong with that? I used to tell people in school, Al Green was my uncle. So I mean, come on, now that's just what we do. I don't think if that's what's going to get him and make him the best version of himself. Yeah, okay, say Brown. Uh, well, like, oh, y'all play that. He gonna be, gonna be James. Just let y'all too. know. Exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Parents in 101. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs>
1: I love, it. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all exactly. go. Continue to be great. I will hope y'all have an awesome week. And um, y'all know Friday was the last day for early voting. So November 3rd is upon us. Um, and even if you hear this after November 3rd, I just want you to really realize that you got to get involved somehow, some way at some point to make a difference mm-hmm. and be the change you want to see thank y'all so much for tuning in thank y'all for rocking with us too yes. like we appreciate Until
0: it time. all bye